Friday's episode of Daily DVR Presents House of the Dragon is brought to you by Cufflinks.com. Head on over to Cufflinks.com and use code DVR20 to save 20% off your order, no minimum. Cufflinks.com has the greatest products for looking good. They have all the geeky stuff. Man, if you want like a Star Wars tie pin, you want some cufflinks that have the Captain America shield, Game of Thrones, all the sports teams, college sports teams, they have everything to add that little touch to make you look great. So look awesome when you step out the door tomorrow. Go to cufflinks.com, use code DVR20 today. Welcome back to Podcast Winterfell. My name is Axel. You can find out more about us at dvrpodcast.com. Today, we are here to talk about House of the Dragon, Season 1, Episode 4, King of the Narrow Sea. And with me, of course is my shipmate on this ship through the show. It's, <laughs> that wasn't so good. It's Gina. How are you doing, Gina? <laughs> I'm as tipsy as Renera getting the tip in a brothel house. Oh, my. But I'm pumped. The incest Sorry. has begun already. Oh, wow. We are ready for it. That was good. And we have a guest with us, too. Um, and, uh, recently he was talking about Westworld with us. Now mm-hmm. he's back to talk about house of the dragon. It's Roberto Suarez. How you doing, pal? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm, I've, I've, uh, not been able to, uh, do my own podcasting due to so many work commitments and stuff. So it's nice that you keep inviting me to uh, share my perspectives once in a while. So I appreciate the invitation. Definitely. Well, we are interested to hear what you have been thinking about this season so far this brand new a song of ice and fire television show so let's start out with that what first of all can you remind us of your background Mm -hmm. have you read the books how many did you read uh fire and blood and and then tell us what you're thinking of the first four episodes in general and just of this show in general yeah, so I, I am a book reader. I have read all of the original works uh, that have been released. I mean, I guess the main works, the ones that are the actual, you know, chapters in the Song of Ice and Fire saga. I have not read uh, Fire and Blood, but I have read, not completely, partially. Um, is it called, uh, is it, I can't, it's the, it's the history of Westeros one. I always confuse. It's another title with an ampersand in it, but I can't remember what it's called uh, off the top of my head. Um, and that one does cover the chronology of the Targaryen kings in addition to many other families. So um, it's interesting to kind of go back and re- revisit the sections <clears throat> on the Targaryen kings and see how it aligns with this or where they're taking some some different pathways which is inter- which I appreciate because the this book um which is kind of written as if it was done by a maester uh chron- chronicling the history of Westeros um it has kind of a an, an author's note saying you know this is all from my perspective so the idea is 
you know, history is always written by the victors, right? And so there's a point of view that maybe exactly the things that as they're described in the book are not exactly how they happen. So they can get away with, with having some differences uh, with the show. Um, and then regarding just my overall connection to Game of Thrones, I had a podcast for several years uh, during the original series called The Pod of Casts. Um, and uh, my uh, my co-hosts were uh, at, w- at one time uh, Robin Pearson and uh, Abe Proctor uh, was my next co-host in that. And we did discuss doing something with House of the Dragon, but we just could not get our, our stuff together on time. So maybe for the next season we'll do it. But uh, again, thank you so much for having me here so I can uh, so I can revel in uh, this new series with you. Definitely. Yes. I was a big fan of the me old too. pod. I love pot of cast. Oh, yeah. thank you so much. Yes. I'll never forget when you asked me to come on and you were like, do a brief overview of the episode and i went on for like three hours like detail i just i couldn't cut i just i don't know i just kept on going on and i was like is this too long let's cut it in the thing and it just it it, no one can do it like you can do it it doesn't um, matter no worries i tried my bestest that's all i can do um speaking of trying their best uh let's talk about this episode Mm -hmm. because damon tried his best to have a little incest it didn't go all the way Mm -hmm. um but i want to start off right with the question that i had coming out of this episode i'd like to hear from you first here gina was all of this a plan that Damon did to have people spy on him? And then was he working with the sea snake or was it his ex-girlfriend to have something to do? What re- Or was it just a series of events and a guy who's just kind of doing stuff, kind of lashing out, acting out? Um, what did you take from this? How much of this... Is, was a plan? Did he purposefully set all this up? And this also is a question from a future guest, Trey. I think a lot of people have it too, so that she'd be have to marry him, or what? Basically, what the hell happened in this episode with him, Gina? So you know, I think I think it's a bit of a toss up because. I I think he did go in with an intent to secure a deal to marry Rhaenyra. Um, I think what was unexpected to him is that she was into the trip to the little pleasure (laughs) house. Like she got turned on. um, even if she's a maiden, you know, she's got the dragon's blood and and uncle knows what's, what bush, buttons to push, I guess. And I think with Damon, you know, um, I thought I had written it down, but Viserys says something about both he and Rhaenyra, that they are blood of the dragon and they are both chaotic and unruly or something to that extent. And I do think that really describes Damon probably more than any Targaryen that we've seen so far in, in this world. Um, not the Game of Thrones world, but the House of the Dragons world. 
And I think he was really caught off guard. Um, I don't necessarily think he is in cahoots with his ex whore bad accent, the white worm. I think she's actually been working against him the whole time. I think she's been in Otto's back pocket for many years. And I think she's the one that gave Otto that initial story about what Damon said about air for a day type of thing. And I, I, I think, I think she's, I think she's been in Otto's back pocket for years. In fact, I would almost say that Otto has connected with her to keep tabs on Damon. That's just kind of my okay. thought about it. I dig yeah. it. I dig that. Roberto, what do you think? What 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 kind of uh what kind of machinations were going on here? What really ha- what really went down? I mean, I really think this comes down to the Damon uh, dynamic with his brother right i mean he we, we saw it uh at the end of the battle of the stepstones where when when his brother finally sent some help he had to act before that help arrived because he needed to prove um that you know he'd rather he'd rather die uh trying to to achieve his goal than to be uh, seen as having to be rescued by his brother. And so, you know, he covets the Iron Throne. And I think he played it well when he you know, first arrived and offered his crown and kind of once again uh, pledged his fealty to his brother. But behind it all, he wants to be the king. He wants to be the heir. And so what's the next possible move that he had here? Well, it was to uh, corrupt or create the um, the impression that Rhaenyra was being was being corrupted and uh throw into the mix there you know the possibility like he very well uh, uh told his brother to do when his brother kind of you know unveiled the plan um you know your your only out here is to marry me to her uh, again trying to work his way into the lineage of the of the iron throne and uh, but somewhere in the mix, I do believe that he does see a bit of a kindred spirit in Renera and that he has uh, uh, feelings, maybe even true uh, feelings of love for her. So I think there's a bit of a conflict in, on the one hand, understanding that he needs to manipulate and use Renera as part of his plans. But on the other hand, he does have some feelings for her and she can get the best of him as we saw in the brothel scene where he's in control he's you know doing exactly he's he's meticulously planned a situation knowing i mean remember as they come into the brothel he takes down his hood he pulls off her hat yep. so that everybody there is aware these are two white-haired Tigerians walking into this there's no more hiding it And then he goes ahead and starts to seduce his niece with the idea that somebody is going to report this. And and I think it's telling, too, that it didn't matter whether or not he uh, consummated the affair or not. He even tells the king, it doesn't matter. What if I did? What if I didn't? At this point, your only out is to uh, marry her to me. Of course, he had other plans, but he's trying to force his hand so that he can get uh, lined up in the line of succession. Do you agree 
uh, with what Gina proposed that his ex uh, girlfriend is has been working with Otto the whole time. You know, Otto to me seems a little bit like a mixture of Varys and uh, Littlefinger. He kind of has a little bit of of the two of them, and you know, uh, and and so he he's similarly to to Varys. He has his uh, his little birds. And we saw clearly that that little boy that had uh, reported the news was working with her. At one mm-hmm. point, we see him arrive and, and give the payment to her. So, yeah, I wouldn't doubt it that um, they're all part of uh, Otto's network. Mm, I like that. I like that. and I And I have to agree that it did seem like... I think Damon had a plan up into the point, and I'm gonna. I have to pass on what our good friend Catfish said. Up into the point where she was DTI down to incest. <laughs> I love that term. So funny. When he said that, I I was doing the dishes last night. And I started dying. I hope I didn't wake anybody up at home. But um, yeah, she was definitely down to incest. And upon rewatching the episode. You see, I mean, the whole episode starts with her touching the necklace that he gave her, right? That's the first shot in the whole thing when she's being kind of, when she's on her journey around the kind of islands or whatever to meet different suitors. Um, That's where it starts out. Her kind of, and that's her thinking of her uncle, right? And then when, even when the dragon comes down over the ship and knocks her ass out. Gives it a love bump. I call that the dra- his dragon giving her a love bump. Yeah, and his dragon does look like a huge penis. Oh, uh, that's how I knew it was his dragon, too. He's got that weird tail. Uh, it, it's kind of a weird shape. Yeah, it's like a salamander, right? It's mm-hmm. like one of those, it looks a bit to me like what are those things called like are they sand skippers or something where they live like mm. in and out of the water i don't know what i don't know called. but um anyway she was down from the get go right she was down from jump his she saw the dragon she came up and she was like oh i don't care that i got knocked out oh my god it's damon then she goes running into the king's landing and as soon as she sees him she's smiling She's really, I think that what we picked up on, and I think Gina, you mentioned it in the first episode when he gives her that necklace, right? That really was, I think it's coming more from her than him. Mm -hmm. And what he does is for political reasons. And I think that's why it's juxtaposed with his brother having sex with his wife, right? Well, yeah, go ahead, Gina. I don't know that it's more her than him because she was only what, like 14, 15. No, no, I'm episode. not saying I'm not. No, 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 no. Don't get me wrong. That's okay. When saying. he gave her the necklace, no. he, there was a definite fondness towards I'm, her, yes, especially I'm, when her mother died. I'm saying he's taking advantage of her being in awe of him. The feelings, that kind of feeling, I think, I think she is in some way in, in in kind of in love with her uncle and wants is ready to do the incest. Whereas I think if it was up to him, 
I don't think he would do that. I think he regards I, her as a know, niece and no, is doing it for I, political I, reasons. That's how I, I felt. I don't think I don't. Which doesn't incest, make it, you know. Leaving incest out of it, I think they're the thing they share is that they've both never been good enough in Viserys' eyes to True. take over the throne from him, and I think that has been probably their longest binding tie between the two and i think you know she hasn't seen him in four years and she's missed him because you know she lost her best friend because her best friend decided to marry her father Mm -hmm. and she lost her uncle at the same time who you know basically got himself disinherited so she's been very lonely and i think she's excited to see him back and back in the fold because it's someone that she has a yes a, a, a literal kinship with and also a spiritual kinship with who's back incest aside because i you know and i i think yeah maybe she's in awe of him but i don't think it's necessarily he's taking advantage of that in a sexual way i think I, I think he's actually attracted to her and I think he does have intentions to marry her to, for political reasons as well. I think it's both. Mm, okay. Yeah. I think he's conflicted because he does have feelings, but he's also understanding that this is, you know, part of, of him uh, playing, playing the game. Right. Um, but that scene that you were referring to where we saw, you know the 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 king and uh, um, I'm always terrible with these names, but Ellicent, Ellicent, yes, Ellicent, having sex while uh, Viserys and I mean while uh, um, Aegon, uh, Jesus, da- <laughs> Damon and uh, and Rhaenyra are also uh, making out. I mean, part of the what they were showing there is kind of like kind of what what is expected of each of them and how they're and how they're either accepting or defying that right so Renera starts to realize that sex sexual activity her awakening happens as something that she wants and that she wants to control and that she Mm -hmm. wants to experience whereas when we say when we see Alicent she has no control over that she's being summoned by the king She's not enjoying it in any way. So it was yeah. just a, kind of a juxtaposition of the approach that each yeah. one of them take when it comes to their sexual kind of uh, uh, personality. And I think that's going to then play into the kind of people they're going to be in the future. You know, uh, Renera even later on in the episode when he has the the dialogue with her father and and he's like, you know, he, he's confronting her about being at a brothel. And she's like, if I was a man, uh, you wouldn't even be, you know, this would this wouldn't even be a discussion happening right now, right? But yeah. it's because of the expectations being put on her as a woman. So part of it is that she is bucking the trend of what is expected of a of a of a, a woman in 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 royalty like she is. Um, and uh, Damon, at this, you know, like Gina said, Damon is in a similar way, kind of wanting to buck the trend uh, as uh, you know, not accepting that he's not going to be the heir. Um, and so they they find a common ground there, and they find uh, um, that they they also have in common that they wanna in, they wanna engage 
in the pleasure of the sexual act, not solely for uh, procreation, but for their personal enjoyment, which is something that we clearly see doesn't happen in the regular uh, lineage of the uh, of the king and, and the queen and, and kind of how that how sex is perceived uh, in that uh, in that environment. Well, for the woman, for the man, it seems it's okay. It, like she was saying, it's okay. Well, and, and even even the summon. king seems like he's just kind of doing it out of duty, you know. Like he didn't seem to be <laughs> I mean, kind of enjoying it himself either. Those just sores kinda, were God. yeah, uh, yeah. It's pretty gross. Could you oh, imagine man. being Allison? Like, yeah. I mean, it, we saw what the back looks like. What do you think the front looks like? Yeah. And my guess is it's, it's been like that every time with her. Oh. You know, like, I bet you it's been just as unpleasant and yeah. as non uh, 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 enjoy an experience that has not been enjoyed by her at all. Mm. Oh, he could have, he could have some weenie sores too. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, now you know you notice now he doesn't have the two fingers either. Oh, I mean the guy's man. literally yeah. falling apart. Falling off. Yeah. I know. Exactly. Yeah. It's very it's um yeah, but I will say when we first see the uh the sores being tended to, she kind of takes over, you know? Yeah. And mm-hmm. is being they have these moments of gentleness between i don't know it makes me kind of think of just like arranged marriages you know in many parts of the world arranged marriages are common right like we see this in terms of this hierarchy because there are kings and queens you know um but that's really kind of what it is it's like arranged marriage she does you know like she didn't really have a choice her father was like you best go and do this you know, um, but she, but they kind of found a common ground with each other, like you were saying about the other two. So there is something to be said for even in the relationship with Damon and Renera, though we're looking at it and we're saying, you know, hey, look, we're not into incest in our culture, right? We don't practice that. We don't think that that's the right way to go about it <laughs> in life in we don't. but i think that they are targaryens too it's just like when it was mentioned in the last episode that she married her little brother her oh. dad's first instinct was not well they're related it was mm-hmm. no he's really young so yeah. one of the things is i kind of feel like I, I was the incest thing does kind of intrigue me in, in only in the sense too of how this show deals with it because when you read like in Fire and Blood and the, the Targaryen stuff that's a big part of the story mm-hmm. you know and th- that's that can't really be denied so I thought it was kind of crazy that there was like a major huge TV show like the big show of the week on HBO and the central plot point was the incest thing happening, but they are Targaryens. And I think that even in the discussions here, I feel like her, even Viserys, like he looked past that after. So he was a, a first, he was really, I think just kind of upset at the, the, the lengths at which his brother would sink. 
mm-hmm. right? And also that he's like himself. They are both not <laughs> like they're not really good at accomplishing things. <laughs> like you know what I'm saying? Like it, it even the battle. Like he comes back and gives him the crown. They called me the king, right? And it's like, yeah, it took you freaking four years. And like you said, Roberto, like it took, it took your big brother threatening to send an army mm-hmm. for you to finally finish the fucking job. Mm-hmm. So it's so, like, they're both so inadequate, the two of them. Just to step back a minute. Do we really think the big plot point of this episode was incest? No, or was it no, the I'm fact that saying, she had sex? What's that? Or was it the fact yeah. that she ended up having sex on her own terms? Because that's what I see blowing up the interwebs. It's like, I don't know. Oh, it was really? some of the some of the stuff okay, I saw I was crazy. Like, I I was on some thread somewhere, and half the women were like, "This is the most unrealistic first time sex I've ever seen," and like mm-hmm. the other half of the women were like wow, I'm really sorry you weren't with a man that actually knew how to do it Mm -hmm. and get you ready. And it was, it's been all about the sex. Like, yes, everyone was like, oh, we're really into Damon, like warming her up. But everyone was about Sir Kristen Cole. But like, Mm -hmm. there was a ton of problems with a lot of people about the fact she had sex at all and that she enjoyed it and that she chose to have it. And I was Mm -hmm. just like, society messed up. Oh my gosh, really? Well, and it's interesting that you say that, Gina, you watch the the behind the scenes uh, piece after the Mm -hmm. episode. This episode was directed by a woman Mm -hmm. and she said that part of what she wanted to do was do the sex scenes from the perspective of the woman and from the perspective of a strong woman who does want to have agency in the process of engaging in in sex, that it's not just about being subjected to kind of the way the man wants to do it. She wanted to do it in her own terms. And so, um, you know, I, I find that that definitely came through in the way that it was filmed. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I also stand with Gina in thinking, I, you know, We've known about Targaryen incest for years yeah. now. Yeah. To me, the incest wasn't a surprise, and it it doesn't really come as a surprise to the Targaryens. Like you said, you know, the the idea of proposing that she marry her brother, it wasn't because it's her brother. It was because he's so young that he had yeah. any kind of aversion to it. It's common practice for them. So uh, to me, it really had more to do not just with with. Renera's sexual awakening, but she's discovering something about the power that 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 sexual awakening can give her and that she's not going to be like uh, Alicent. She's not going to just, you know, wait to be to just be impregnated so that she can pop out the next air. This is something that has to do with her, you know, enjoy the, the enjoyment of it also brings with it a certain sense of control and of growth and of recognizing her own power as a woman. And I think that's kind of ultimately what came out here. The, the, yeah. uh, Damon came face to face with that. The moment she started to take over and started to enjoy it, he backed down. And the moment she made it to her room and she saw 
her night there, she said, "This I'm taking control here, and you're going to do this whether you like it or not. She so said, she did. I'm going to take your head, and then I want you to give it back to me. Yeah. Oh. I, I, I was uh, joking with Barb, with, with my wife. I was like, uh, when they started taking off the armor, it's like, it's going to be morning by the time they get done taking all this stuff off. Come on, pick it up. Wasn't that, it was, I just was thinking, I don't remember what it was. I think it was like, was it Robin Hood Men in Tights where there's a scene like that where they just keep on taking off? They just keep on layers taking off of layers. Clothes. <laughs> and, and they got a lot of helmet jokes too, like dark helmet and all that kind of stuff. Like, I thought that it was all the way I really love this episode. I thought that the way they did all this interplay was amazing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, her, her at after this thing with Damon, she comes back and she's like, fuck it why should i now feel guilty or bad about what just happened right i'm gonna continue this experience now on my terms with the person i actually want to do it with right and then she goes and she does it and i think that to me is uh in looking at what we what i was just saying about her uncle and her uh father who can't finish the job right she's the opposite and i think that that's kind of maybe some foreshadowing as far as uh her own strength goes right yeah um maybe as a warrior too because she was like let's do this and uh he was down too, sir christian what's his name sir christian cole sir Kristen. sir Kristen. he but you could tell there was some hesitancy wasn't there well because he swore an oath like it was a very john snow moment and he he but he clearly if not loves her really really likes her Mm -hmm. like this was the best in my opinion sex scene ever in the game of thrones Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh tv history it was the best. It was the hottest. It was also the most tender and exciting. Yeah. Um, I just thought those two together, it was so sweet and meaningful mm-hmm. in this really strange way. But yeah, he I got very much Jon Snow vibes yeah. from him. Yeah, like he he was that. hesitant, Definitely. but he loves her. You mm-hmm. it, like at one point I was just like, oh, he really likes her so mm-hmm. much. It and was we've just seen so that endearing. The whole time, right? Yes. We yes. saw it the whole time. She she kind of picked him out right from the uh, very beginning, the first time we saw him in the first episode at the well, tournament, right? If you want to talk about foreshadowing, she put his favor over his, over his, his lance. lance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From the beginning. Mm-hmm. I knew that that's was true. <laughs> and that's all on purpose. All that stuff is. And totally. I thought it was very clever the way they did it. This was This was a really great episode the way that they kind of built up to that and then we have of course the revelation that now people have found out (gasps) and i thought the way that they dealt with that too um it was really i thought the fact that that we see another play in this episode Mm -hmm. was very meta because this whole episode was like kind of shakespearean tragedy or something you know what i mean where Mm -hmm. She ha- she then turns and is forced and lies to her father and her right. and her girlfriend who's try her stepmother I guess right who yeah. is trying to make things better it seems still 
and is and she insults her earlier in the episode too, right? She's like, I don't want to just pop out kids, and then she's like, Oh mm-hmm. shit, that's what happened to you. I don't. Um, I don't think that was intentional, though. No, I think that's no, something she all. would have said no. before everything yeah. happened to no, Allison. No. I do also think there are some very strong Arya Stark vibes with mm-hmm. Rhaenyra, and I know we kind of talked about. Well, they're very. They're still different, but they're both kind of obsessed with Nymeria. They both see the yes. play. They both dress I as agree. boys. They both take control over their sexual agency. And I think it's just interesting the way they've kind of aligned those two characters centuries apart. It's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I think part of the the scenes where she is confronted and she resorts to lying and to kind of trying to manipulate the situation is to also show that she too has to kind of fall to the, to the way the game is played. Right. Uh, She's not necessarily uh, this, you know, outstanding, honorable person that's mm-hmm. going to do everything differently. At some yep. time to time, she too has to bend the rules. She too has mm-hmm. to tell a lie. And as we saw how things progress in the episode, she too has to negotiate and figure out a way to work so that uh, so that she so that uh, Aegon doesn't get lined up to be the next heir by having Otto kicked out and agreeing to marry her uh, her cousin so mm. all of these things uh uh you know kind of also show us that you know she's not this is not a, a another a a character who's going to be either black or white they're going to have their shades of gray just like so many of the characters we've encountered in game of thrones yeah when she lied i was kind of like damn okay mm-hmm. well, i you know i was a little because uh, I, I, but- I i i just um, oh go ahead gina I was just going to say, but it's to Alicent. And I think yeah. what's so funny about Alicent in this scene, this confrontation scene, is she has no trouble saying, there's a rumor that you fucked Damon. Mm-hmm. And then she, yeah. like, basically, <laughs> like, was, yeah. like, barfing and choking on the word that you're sullied. Mm-hmm. It was just yeah. so, like victorian in a really weird way like oh you have no trouble saying that she fucked her uncle Mm -hmm. but the fact that she has been sullied is like so disgusting to you so weird it was like bridgerton well bridgerton yes (laughs) and and also just i don't know so victorian i mean bridgerton is very victorian in a way so um I don't know. So That's funny. And, and and she uh um in in the moment when uh she says to her I you know that didn't happen or it's not true, you know later in the uh, in the post uh cre- after the credits and the behind the scenes interview they interview the actor, and she says, well she is telling the truth. She did not sleep with Damon. That's true. So she she clearly says, you know, she didn't ask her about the night. She asked her about Damon. And so she technically isn't uh is isn't lying about that. Uh did she have sex? Oh yes, but did she have sex with Damon? No, she did not. So she's not lying. Yeah. And well, here's the big conundrum was the very end when the maester bought brought her the plan b moon tea right Mm -hmm. like well this is to make sure there's no baby as a result Mm -hmm. of anything that happened and she doesn't want to she knows if she drinks it her dad's gonna think that she did 
screw our uncle, Mm -hmm. but that's not the case. But she still might be knocked up. So who knows? But is it is it possible that that's also an indication that her dad knows what really happened? Uh, I mm, I'm gonna say no because no. I think if Sir Kristen let that get got no, if he I let don't. that information get out, I think it would be his head. I think right. there would be some very severe punishment I, mm. for him taking the future queen's maiden head yeah. outside of the marriage bed. regardless of whether or not he was being ordered by her to do it. <laughs> right exactly I, you know i think they do something really clever in this episode and i think the clever thing is is the the fact that it's her uncle that this whole hubbubaloo that they create the thing about her having to lie to allison about it right that it becomes so public obscures the fact that she actually like you're saying Gina, she actually did have sex with Kristen, right Mm -hmm. so when she did that i remember thinking while i was watching the episode about that too is she because i wasn't sure during the scene with her and damon how far they went because it was so kind of like dreamy, right? And shot weird that, and I was, and honestly, I wasn't like intently trying to see what kind of incest was happening. I was just like, okay, it's happening. So mm-hmm. when it came up later that there, that distinction that she, or obviously she couldn't get pregnant by him, but she could get pregnant by Kristen. I thought to myself, when she started out with him, I was saying, is she doing this to cover it? in some way so she can if she is pregnant she can say no No. it wasn't damon it was Kristen. he's the real father yeah i don't know yeah i don't think that's what happened though i do not think that's what happened i think that what really happened is she just wanted to continue her night and and have right have fun Mm -hmm. with him but i think that it does present an interesting thing like you're saying gina because now if she does end up pregnant right her father and everyone else is going to think that it's damon's kid maybe and how can she go against that she's going to say no it's really it's really the guy who's out who protects me out front my door every night they're gonna be like yeah 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 tell us another story you're it's really your uncle and then, and it would force them to, I don't know. I can't, like I said, I can't remember what happens in this story, but I'm just, it just, it sets up an interesting dilemma there. You're right with that T at the end, because I was thinking to myself, like, would she want to have, like, would she want to have, would having Kristen's kid make, could then it wouldn't take him away from his duties. She couldn't then, could she re- she could have her father relieve him of the king's guard but right but he wouldn't want to he's common do that. born and he and she needs to marry her cousin leonor yeah that's that's who also has white blonde hair and right. if you really like uh, okay yeah okay. how does that kid it, it, it turn would be out? obvious that it's not her, uh that that's, it's okay. somebody else's that's child. the next thing i was gonna say is right if it's, and also, yeah. and also, he he has gone against his vow of celibacy, mm-hmm. so that also means that he's not a trustworthy person. He cannot stick to his values. Right. So he, 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 I think he'd be he'd be completely 
uh, ruined, if not executed yeah. for it. Yeah, I kind of at, at the top of at the top of my notes, I wrote love is the death of duty, which is the famous quote from yeah. Eamon Targaryen at the wall for John. And I think it speaks volumes through this whole episode, really, because Kristen's love for Renera is in some ways the death of his duty. And I think Allison's inability to, I think, truly love and have passion is what keeps her duty going. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and in some ways, maybe even Damon, he, in that moment, Renera takes control. He realizes maybe he loves her and that's the death of his sexual duty. I don't know, <laughs> but I, I just felt like I keep thinking of that line through this. Um, and I also thought of it, you know, kind of a lot after the, the Queen Elizabeth II's passing too, that, you know, love is the death of duty. And she was very duty driven. Mm -hmm. It's kind of interesting to think about in the Royal ecosphere of things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What, what, what a situation. Um, I was surprised we didn't get to see him more. We saw a bit of Lenar, but he's really kind of remained a mystery here. I wonder, are we going to really get the, we got only got like, we'll call it one quick scene with him that last episode, right? So I, I, I really wonder what kind of entrance he's going to make. And is this marriage going to go forward? Do you think that's what's going to happen? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. I mean, Go, going back to the incest thing, right? I mean, it's a non-issue. So if you're marrying a cousin, if you're marrying a brother or a sister, it's kind of normal for these guys. You also got to remember that one of the key reasons why they're having to marry the way they marry is because of the relationship that Targaryens have with dragons. Because only certain line, only the Targaryen bloodline actually is able to have, to have you know, command over dragons, right? Um, and so the reason that he can command dragons, but nobody else in his in his uh, his father cannot, is because of the mother. The yeah. mother is a Targaryen, mm. right? And so that keep that that need to keep the the blood pure ultimately comes, you know, yes, concentrating the power among the few, but it's also the power of the dragons only comes to those that share that blood. So having to do that. Um, is critical. And so um, that, that's uh, yet another reason from a political and a power perspective, while why for the Targaryens, the whole ancestral thing is, I think, you know, very commonly accepted. I did find it interesting that Alicent kind of commented on the on the on the practice in a somewhat <laughs> negative way, right? Um, you know, you'd think that her now being married to a Targaryen, that she would kind of understand that this is kind of part of the game, but she, you know, there, there, it's interesting that in the, in, within the world of game of Thrones in a, in a time when the Targaryens are so powerful, they're at the apex of their power, that there's still, um, uh, that perception of that being a somewhat taboo or, 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 uh, up, 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 you know, an abomination to engage yeah. in those practices. Well, I remember that clearly from, uh, the book mm -hmm. that um that throughout the history 
of the Targaryen, whenever incest came up, everyone in Westeros was like, oh, hell no. Mm -hmm. Except for the Dornish, they didn't care. But other people were like, no, we're, we don't. And, and it was always kind of, uh, um, it was something that was politicized, right? Oh, if you do that, it's going to upset this person or, right? Um, but the Targaryens, if I remember correctly, most of the time they were like, who cares? <laughs> well, and I, th we I, I think there, I think there are varying levels of degrees yes. of incest too. And we've seen this throughout history with the Egyptians and with the British Royal family as well. But I think per the histories, if I recall correctly, Ned Stark's parents were first cousins. So cousins seem to be acceptable, but brothers and sisters, I would say, yeah, definitely not. That's probably, I think in know, a lot of the world today, yeah. I think in there's parts of the world today where cousins is, it's still acceptable. Yes. yes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. In some cultures still today, it's, it's not legally advised in the state of California for first cousins to marry. I know that for sure. <laughs> or second. However, you know, it, are you it, trying to tell us happen. something, Gina? <laughs> uh, I know. Have you researched this? <laughs> I know people of certain cultures in the state oh, of okay. California okay. who are first cousins and married. And I'm like, oh, how really? was that even legally sanctioned? Because it shouldn't be. But, um, you know, I don't yeah. Know. You know, I don't know. Cousins is different than like, you know. Mm. I mean, I'm not saying, look, I'm not married to my cousin, but I'm just saying I kind of, I don't know. I'm, I'm more on the bend of always kind of at first saying if they love each other, let's see really what's wrong with it. You know, if the power dynamic is, isn't, if it's not, you know what I mean? Like the father daughter yeah. type of thing, you know what I'm saying? And in this case we have that as well. Um, mm -hmm. All right. Well, you, if we do think that this ends up with her going to marry Lenor, mm -hmm. uh, Lenar, however you say it, Leonard without a D. <laughs> Lenore, yeah. Then yeah. Um, uh, Damon gets sent off. He doesn't achieve anything. And the other person who was involved in this, really, Otto. <gasps> what happens with Otto? Otto ends up getting the ax. Now for me, I loved everything in this episode mm -hmm. and I felt that everything was so well earned and I saw the steps, but this part felt to me a little, uh, as almost a, an addendum, even though it's perhaps mm -hmm. a super important part, I just felt it was rather quick that she just bring it up to her father and he all of a sudden kind of have uh, you know, I accept it. I'm going to keep watching the show, but I'm just saying for me, it did it seem to you two that that was rather quick that he would turn on Otto so quickly like that and get rid of him. I, I feel like Viserys has been questioning Otto since the moment he proposed marrying Renera to Aegon the second. That first that first uh meeting, he is on him on the, yeah, you're right. And and I think it's been I think he's been questioning that. I think Renera kind of pushed him over the edge to examine things more closely. Like you've been a fool. And also 
Damon brought it up to him. Otto, Otto Hightower is running the show. You're weak. Oh, you true. know, I need to be your hand because mm-hmm. he is ruining wow. things. He's been told several times over. And so he's had a few years to ponder this. And, and as he thought about it more and more, he figured out that Otto sent Allison to him in his time of grief. And then he also puts this kind of thing together like, you know, I think you might have been responsible for killing my father after he was made hand because he was only hand for five days. That was and yeah. That's that, a head scratcher. Yeah. So he's been thinking about this. He's been okay. thinking about this for years. And I think Renera is finally like, you want me to marry that dude? Fine. Get rid of that schmuck Otto that you've had on because he's been fucking up things left and right for the past decade. Interesting. You're right. Thank mm-hmm. you for reminding me that he actually bega- begins, the whole scene begins with him talking about his father. And at first I was like, what? And I was like, okay, I'm going to sit back and learn some history here, right? And kind of understand. What did you think about that, Roberto? The whole auto of it all? Well, I mean, again, going back to the, uh, I'm sorry to keep bringing the uh, behind the scenes stuff, but there is a point at which Otto you know, I think even he might not even be a hundred percent aware that he's already compromised because of his investment in the bloodline, right? Because Aegon, his grandson, uh, now is in line in the line of succession. And yes, it's true that he pretty much acts. You know, I believe him when he says he's acting on the best interest of the king, and. As a traditionalist who strongly believes that the lineage should be passed to a male heir, he, you know, I, I think he would still be advocating for the male heir to be uh, at the throne, even if it wasn't his grandson, even if it wasn't related to him. But now that that is the case, that it 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 it, it now gets kind of you know, uh, uh, shaded with that. And then the king calls him on it. The king actually recognizes for the first time that Otto was the one who put Alicent to caring for him during his time of grief. So he calls him on that and he starts to kind of see, now, okay, you know, may, yes, yes, you're doing what's in the best interest, but you've all, you've stained yourself because you've now introduced here a something that is specifically for your political gain. And uh and I think the king is too proud to say, I'm not, you know, I th- there's a part of the king that says, you know, I, I'd rather follow the decision that I've made um than to compromise because I know that you now have an ulterior motive. Um and so and and that's gonna then force his hand <clears throat> to be much more uh, proactive now and aggressive in his own way, now that he's not Hannah the King and he's not beholden, to really advocate for Aegon to be the next king. So, um, so yeah, it's, it, the king has not put himself in an easy position by doing what he did. Um, and, uh, and I think uh, uh, we're going we're gonna to see basically this kind of three-way civil war breakout or maybe even four-way civil war with uh with the uh uh sea snake folks um between the targaryens in who's going to ultimately rule the throne good stuff 
Yeah, I think Otto is a tough one for me because he's not as duplicitous as I first thought he would be, you know? He definitely tells his daughter, your son should be kitten, right? Mm -hmm. And that's obvious that that's what he believes. But I also agree with you, Roberto, that if it was some other situation, he would be saying the same thing, right? So I don't, it, it's not as, uh, unless something's going on that I missed, he has spies, he's doing his thing. Yes, he did send his daughter there, but mm -hmm. also his daughter was within their world, a suitable bride for him, right? So it sure. wasn't super duplicitous that he did, I mean- it, it may make us uncomfortable. There was also but, a hint earlier on. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to step okay. on you, Gina. Okay. Go ahead. I was just going to say, but at the same time, while she was a 12-year-old child, um, they, Lena was proposed to him as a bride. So it, it yeah. wasn't just about who his next bride was. He wanted it to be his daughter. I agree, Gina, I agree. Yeah. But I also kind of think that that's not exactly, um, it's like the same thing he says to, uh, that Viserys says to Renary. He's like, everybody has their own, uh, everybody's selfish. Everybody's out for their own, uh, their own good or whatever, right? In their conversation. So why shouldn't he think that Otto's doing the same? I'm just... I just don't know whether Otto, for me, was built up as this really like bad guy. He hasn't been. Yeah, no, exactly. He hasn't been. Very That's what I'm subtle. Saying. Yeah, it's but really subtle. But at the subtle. same time, like everyone's reading that look on his face before he goes in to tell um, Viserys about. Rhaenyra in the brothel yeah, house. I was going to mention yeah. that. And everyone's like, oh, it looks like he was really dreading it. You know what that looked like to me? That looked like the June Osborne look on her face right before she blew the whistle and started beating the crap out of Fred. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's how I took it. Like, I... he was like, oh, finally, I've got the thing that's going to take her down. See, I didn't see it that way. I really I think did. that, I don't think that he's a good guy, right? But I don't well. think that he is a bad guy. You know what I mean? I well, think he is definitely has his self-interest. He's, he's a flawed character yes. like all of them. Right. And he has, but he's you not know, there's like a part an, of him. There's Rams a part of him that see, I think, I think he justifies the direction he wants to see the throne go because he also believes it's the best thing for the realm. I yes, think those things are very much intertwined for him. I agree. I just think it's interesting. I just thought that this thing, it kind of happened a little bit quick, but I'm down with what you said, Gina, you're right. And there were definitely, there was foreshadowing of it. And, and, um, and Viserys himself, I want to talk a little bit about this dude. He's get, he just seems continuing as you have in the notes continuing to disintegrate gina we talked about the sores but yeah. the drinking again right and kind of maybe you know i think being not so nice to allison in public about he doesn't want to see the fucking <laughs> <laughs> tapestries <laughs> you know it's like dude chill out right she's just trying to be nice here you know um uh, he's just really and then even at the, the thing leading up at the end to Otto, I think that that was, 
that was a bit of a leap to first come out with like, you killed my dad, you know, like, like just taking it to such extremes. Um, I, I'm not ready to say that Viserys firing Otto at the end was finally he acted in some way. You know what I mean? Like, I don't mm. see it as some kind of, I just see it as, as similar to Damon as him like flailing about. And and he has to follow through with that because of Renera too. Yeah, that's his that's his, his back is to the his wall. move. His he's like okay, um, if Renera has agreed to marry this guy, I gotta do my duty and do you know. And, and he is, you know, for for he's he in a way he's not a particularly good king because he does kind of do what he's gonna say right. Uh, in the world of Game of Thrones, you have to be more duplicitous. And in a way, he's not that kind of person. So Renera says, I'm going to marry uh, the my cousin. And, and he says, okay. And and you tell me, and she tells him, but you're going to have to do this for me. So he, he followed through. Where do you think the firing of Otto puts Allison, Gina? Do you think that frees her in a way? Do you think that it takes away a level of protection I think it'll be interesting to see because I feel like he has been giving her certain guidance that she doesn't necessarily take all the time, her father. So I think it could be freeing for her. Um, although we might see her take a turn because she doesn't have his protection inside the castle anymore either. Mm. Mm. It kind of does, like leaves her a bit more vulnerable. Yeah, and you know? she yeah. might become more of like a mama bear, so to speak, uh, for her kids and whatnot. And and I think if anything, we're going to see a lot more bleeding from her fingernails because Ooh. now Otto's going to put the pressure on her because now he's not there to counsel the king in the direction that the realm should go. So he's going to have to put the pressure on her to be the one advocating for Aegon to be king. For now, she's been able to kind of step behind and just push out the babies, and that is the one taking care of the political council. Now he's going to have to rely on her to steer the king, and that's going to put her in a much more difficult position. Yeah, that's a and that's a good point that bringing up the uh, the self harm thing and and the pressure there. Mm-hmm. that's that you can see that coming back in that situation because you know i continue even in this episode again she was trying to make things good again you know she was doing her best at the garden party she's trying to listen to her husband right um yeah she does she, she's, look, she she's looking out for her friend you know she's looking out for renera in a way yeah, so yeah. this so, all p- comes from a place of legitimate concern right yep. yeah and, and she, oh go ahead she, i was just gonna say she did really have renera's back a lot in this episode which mm-hmm. i appreciated even though she did really choke on the word sullied mm-hmm. which still cracks <laughs> me up but i thought that was a nice like they had a couple of nice moments and I wish in this story and in this world, women were more supportive of each, of each other because really they haven't been 
uh, not in Game of Thrones yeah, that Gina. much and and not in this. And from the beginning, I really loved those two together, sitting under yeah. the weirwood tree, reading together because I was like, oh, this is like what Arya and Sansa never were able to have because they got separated. They were never able to grow into this and really support each other until much, much later in a very precarious way. But I really love that. And I think it's sad that we don't get to see more of the women supporting women, not even mm-hmm. um, what is it? Rainey's supporting Renera either. Yeah. Um, it's disappointing. Well, I, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that for me, some of the relationship, like you were saying it with uh, like Sansa and Arya and game of Thrones, we don't get to see enough of them things happen so fast and then they're separated. Right. And I think that in this show, I have a feeling that at some point these two are not going to be friends. So Mm -hmm. to see the, the, the ebbs and flows of their relationship up to this point, that it still survived. It has been something that I've enjoyed in this show. Um, because it, what I did worry in even the very first scene of them two together, uh oh, I don't want to go down any CW path here. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. misunderstandings that lead to blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. No, and they haven't done that. It, it's been very interesting, and I I've liked the way. And if anything, it's Renero who's been less hospitable to her, right? Yeah. Sure. So I mean, she's um, lied to her now. Yeah. And she's yeah yeah. I mean. I think there was a lot of resentment there when, when her father chose to marry her. And, and and of course, she's concerned because she did produce a male son, right? So there's all these pieces of her that are struggling because on the one hand, she cares for her and they've been friends for a long time. And I mean, at one point, I even thought maybe that was some romantic thing mm, between the mm-hmm, two of them. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then you know, so in many ways, she feels betrayed by the relationship. But, but uh, Alison... I mean, she. What's she gonna say? She, she's gonna say no to the king. I mean, she she was put in a very difficult position, and she did what she was expected to do, right? Yeah. Um. So I think she also is trying to be understanding of that. But I think she's also learning that in this game you have to cheat and lie your way around, and Alicent is an easy target when that when 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 you have to uh, uh, manipulate somebody to to get them on your side or to get things to go your way. And and we could see later that that's a mistake of Renera for not Oh yeah. being honest to her, right? Or I mean in, her in a way a she friend. She is to Alicent what Damon was to her, right? Damon was using her even though yeah. there's some care and love for her, he's using her and now she's doing that to Alicent as well. Yeah. It's interesting. Great dynamics in this show. I'm really enjoying it. Um, is there anything else that we didn't cover or talk about? I mean, I did. You've been talking about the behind the scenes, and there's mm-hmm. they do the behind the scenes that comes on after, and then it's like a uh, it's like five minutes, and then they do yeah. another thing called the house, the dragons built. That's like a longer, like half hour. It's pretty much it's they're very similar. 
Oh yeah, um, I haven't seen that one. Is that yeah. is that the podcast that they do? Or is the podcast? No, the a separate podcast thing? is a whole separate thing. Oh, so okay, yeah, if, no, I have not. If you're on HBO Max and you go, you look under, you click on the episode, and then it goes mm-hmm. into basically the episode, and you look under it, and it says extras, right. and there's like there is you know like trailers. There's the the house that the dragons built, which is like a half hour. Then there's the behind the scenes, which is like five to ten minutes, but is usually also at the end of the episode. Of every credits. episode, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. But I would suggest watching both of those because it, one thing is it really is fantastic. And I was talking about the way that they mix the practical and the the cgi Mm -hmm. and for this particular episode um they were talking about um uh, i think the scene when she was having the suitors and then the two guys get into the fight which we really didn't talk about when that little kid kills the guy yeah and i I believe that harkens back to the novels yes um They, the they, Blackwood versus the Brackens. Mm-hmm. I can't believe we didn't talk about that because yeah. that was a great little snippet. Like you hear the cry and someone fall to the ground. You're like, oh no, that poor little kid. And you see the Bracken on the ground and the kid's like, yeah, I got yeah. you. <laughs> so good. That, well, they talked about how that was shot um, in the volume, the same thing that they shoot a lot of the Disney, the Mandalorian show, right. like that, like the 360 shooting. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but what she, what the director talked about is she was saying we wanted to bring more practical stuff. So we put leaves on the ground and, mm-hmm. and like fans blowing and all this different kind of stuff, because, you know, it's like the technology is so good that you rely on it too much and it kind of gets that, that fakey look which is sure. what I think is a lot of the problem with the Lord of the Rings show that they don't really do that properly, but game it's just it's wonderful. I just suggest everyone watch those behind the scenes, even if you just save it to like the end of the season. They're not like the best documentaries ever made because it's still kind of the music's a little cheesy, but they don't have a narrator, so it just kind of goes and tells you what's happening, which I think is an advantage for them. But um, they're really good and they give you a lot of info on the production. It's just, man, this production is just so amazing. It's every, like this episode had so many shots and environments that were like, wow. And like, you could just imagine what's real and what's not and how they put it all together. It's. Yeah, I love the I love the walk through Flea Bottom. I think we've gotten yeah. more of kind of the spirit of mm-hmm. Flea Bottom in this one episode than we ever got in any of the other stuff we've seen from the world of Game of Thrones. You know, like having all those acrobats and and things yeah, happening in the did, street. They talk and, all about that. A lot of yeah. those people were that was that was in Spain, and a lot of the people were people who lived in and around there. Yeah, and they you know they had and they showed that's why the thing too it just. Like we had talked about last episode about how having, and we did an Emmys uh, episode. We were talking a little bit about different shows. I was just saying the advantage that this show has uh, over like the Lord of the Rings show and some other shows, which is every everything they did on Game of Thrones in the behind the scenes. They're like, yeah, we shot here at Game of Thrones. So, so it's like they had this whole like, 
big crew and the whole this whole playground already built for them you know mm -hmm. they knew they could shoot there they knew who to call and how to make it happen that it just it looks amazing and when you see the different stuff that they used for different scenes it's really it's pretty cool yeah no it's uh the production value is off the chart for these shows it's it's pretty amazing how uh how the 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 line i heard somebody earlier in a podcast today saying that the line between uh uh cinematic productions and television productions doesn't exist anymore right no. i mean it's just amazing totally not totally not and 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 the line between incest and depravity doesn't exist definitely not in this show incest baby we're out we're leaving that was a great no do you have anything else uh that you wanted to bring up uh, i have something out of left team? field that has okay. no no connection to the i mean it connected to the episode but but peripherally okay but it, you know going back to what we were talking about of a poor king uh Viserys with his uh sores and his missing fingers and stuff and we've seen that he uh you know at least with the fingers that that was a direct result of sitting on the throne he cut himself and whatnot do you think there's any kind of ploy or something in which the 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 throne itself might be poisoned or something you know as a way to kind of slowly uh, kill the king that every time he sits down if he gets himself cut or nicked he's somehow uh you know getting sicker because of it um or is it more of a metaphorical thing kind of showing how the 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 weight of the office kind of is you know eating and gnawing at, gnawing at him so i always took it as and and i feel like this is also a trend in the book that um his cuts, the anyone that sits on the Iron Throne and it wounds them, it means they're not really the one that was meant to sit on the Iron Throne. Very interesting. Um, An omen almost. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I think that's interesting. Although I did read an article today that they're like, this is the disease that King Varys has or Viserys mm. has. Varys. Yeah. <laughs> King Viserys has. And and they're saying it's a form of leprosy, which I find right. interesting. But mm. I've more from the, the book side of things, it was that anyone who sits the Iron Throne, if it wounds them, it means they weren't necessary. Yeah. They weren't meant to sit the Iron Throne. Like the throne is rejecting them. Yes, exactly. And this is exactly. a magical realm. So sure. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Where dreams. Yeah, and although I got to say. Through. It's been refreshing with this show how the magic has kind of taken a back seat. It really, to me, feels like it's a, a you know the political intrigue, and the and the uh, you know backstabbing and everything that's going on that has taken certain a center stage. We don't have to worry about the magical stuff as much in this. You know, we know that there are dragons, but you know the. In a way, the dragons don't even have to be there, right? They could just have mm. some advanced technology uh, or or some amazing war machines that give them this amazing power, right? Um, it really comes down to the political intrigue and, and the fa fa family dynamics uh, in this show, which I really appreciate. Yeah. Oh, I agree. Yeah, it's it's surprising, right? That, um, I mean, we're like almost halfway through the season Mm -hmm. And we haven't had like an eight dragon battle. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you'd think like the streaming wars, they must have more dragons. They did this show because of dragons. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, no, they did the show because they thought this would be the best show. 
Yeah. Uh, because there aren't a ton. I mean, I think there will be a time when there's a ton of dragons and we're seeing dragon battles and the like. But at this point, we're learning about characters and we're beginning mm-hmm. to care oh. about them. Um, I have an interesting thing to say about the Iron Throne and your question, Roberto, which is this. We know it changes, right? Yep. So it's a lot lot, uh, more kind of jaggedy and more swords in this version. Yes, a lot more, Mm -hmm. right? Like they're all over the ground and everything. And um, I think that I could believe any of the explanations that it's metaphorical that it like Gina says that it's somehow there's magic. I mean, they are magic people, Targaryens, right? Um, and we did see last episode with the white uh stag or whatnot, right? I mean, this is real stuff. We have to when this kind of magical stuff happens on this show, just like with 12 year olds marrying and all that, it's a different world, right? Like mm-hmm. it's the, the the we have to kind of the fun is trying to figure out where that line is to these people, right? And right. and kind of how they see things and how we see things. Um, but I think I would say that it works either way. But the fact that it does become a different throne later on would lead me to believe that perhaps by the time this show is over, people will be blaming the throne and they'll be like, yo, maybe we should take some of those swords. <laughs> like, you know, like whoever is next on the throne might be like, even if he did have leprosy or some mm-hmm. shit, let's just remove like 95% of the swords. Okay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> because yeah. I don't want to get cut. So, but um, I, th- one thing is, could it be somehow connected we saw that the crab feeder had um, dragon scale, right? Gray scale, yeah. Gray scale, yeah, gray I'm scale sorry. but it looked like a combination of That's gray what scale I, and I other don't know. things. I, yeah. I feel he like there's some kind of connection there, right? Like, yeah, maybe. I don't know why that they that brought that that was in the show and then his mm-hmm. body, something's happening to him. I, I don't know. I just thought that at some point maybe those things might intersect, but I don't know. You know, at first, and it took me a minute because he initially had a sore when his first wife was still alive. Yeah. But for a minute, I'm like, wait a minute, is Alicent poisoning him? Because, Mm. and then I, Mm. when I rewatched the very first episode, I'm like, no, he had this sore before he and Alicent were together. But that, um, no, we didn't talk about, yeah, I could believe that too. I could, because there have been weird things like, why did they make all those shots of that dude with the limp and the cane last episode? Who and right, and he sits down, and they kind of introduce. Uh, there's just been there has been little right. kind of nods to maybe something's going like somebody could be after the king or so. I I but I I don't know. So, but mm. either way, I I think the whole thing is fascinating and weird. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just like most of this show. Gina, anything else that you wanted to chat about? No, I think we covered the majority of it. All right, cool. Um, well, this has been a lot of fun. It's always great talking to you, Roberto. Do you have anything else you want to say before we uh, kind of bid adieu? Like, where can people find you and whatnot? Yeah, the easiest way to find me is at Puerto Geekin, whether it's on Instagram or or Twitter. 
Uh, and like right right now, I've been on a kind of an extended hiatus of doing any uh, work online, but I'm hoping to get some things off the ground soon. So yeah. I'll keep you posted on that. Well, we are here to 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 help you and encourage you, and also uh, tell other people what's happening with you whenever you do that. So we will be back next week to talk about episode five. Thank you all for listening and downloading. Give us a review. Head on over to dvrpodcast.com. Go to patreon.com slash dvr. Thank you, Roberto. Thank you, Gina. Peace out, everybody.